It's a Bucks victory Monday. How about that? Heading to the NFC Championship game, as predicted here, by the way. Um, before this season, kids, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, former Bucks quarterback, pro football focus analyst, will join us at 515. We'll get his breakdown. But first, an even more important guest, uh, the great Mike Neighbors, who covers the Saints and the Bucks, joins us from New Orleans Airport. On his way back, <laughs> I, I, it's not a very celeb- celebratory uh, New Orleans airport, I'm guessing, right about now. You know what, though? I'll say this, JP. I think there's a lot of gratitude today. There's a lot of gratitude for a franchise that's had a really good run for 15 years. Hell yeah. Uh, the last four years have, have been frustrating because it's what it could have, should have. The Minnesota miracle and the no call and, Man. you know, the, the Minnesota mishap last year, they just didn't play well. And, but then you have, uh, it just got worse against the Bucks because, uh, yeah, I give the Bucks credit, you know, Antoine Winfield made a great play on Jared Cook. I thought that was the play of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 you know, the Saints were driving. I think they could have gone up two scores at that point, but, uh, you know, I, a lot of people ask me, you know, I've been with Breeze a long time and done a, you know, a lot of interviews with him. I counted them for our pregame show yesterday. We've done 275 one-on-one interviews Whoa. since 2007. Yeah, if you count post-game and in-studio and, and everything we've done. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to look at the positive. I mean, it's a frustrating loss, but, boy, it's been a heck of a run. Yeah, let, let's let's drill down into that uh, for, for Drew Breeze. I mean, Mike... Like you said, you talk to him all the time. Did you ever get the sense that he knew that his, I don't know, his skills had diminished, and it was it was time? Like, we're, whereas you know Brady, it, it doesn't look like his arm has dropped off at all. And I know Drew's never had the strongest arm in the world, but what sense do you get of, of him understanding this was the last go round? Well, he'll never admit that, and that's what makes him great. I mean, these guys are—they <laughs> they find it tough to—they find it tough to admit that. But you know, Breeze will say that uh, he likes proving the critics wrong, and if if he can't do some things like he used to, he'll make f- up for it mentally. Yeah, and he's a better quarterback mentally than he was ten years ago, so that makes up for it. And there's some truth to that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you, you know, as much as I appreciate Drew Breeze and value our relationship, that's the worst game I've ever seen him play yesterday. And why yeah, do you think just, that was? Why do you think? It's it's really strange to me because I asked him about the Bucks defense. Did they make adjustments? And he said, yeah, they made a few adjustments. And he saw some different looks from the defense. But um, it, it's unexplainable. It's it's a head-scratcher in a lot of ways because you, you can see you know certain quarterbacks, especially of his age, you know, have a bad first half and then get in the rhythm in the second half. Mm-hmm. But look at the second half. I mean, the first drive, they get the touchdown pass to Traquan. And then the next drive, they're rolling, and Jared Cook, I mean, Winfield made a great play. He did. But Jared Cook fumbled the ball. And then after that, I think what happened was, and, you know, he'll never admit this, but I think, you know, it's it was one of the situations where, in his mind, he knew it was his last game. There were some miscommunications on one of the interceptions to Kamara. Yep. I thought Jared Cook could have pulled in the last one. But, you know, sometimes these guys, their strengths is their greatest weakness. He can... He can thread the needle, and he's the most, I think, the most accurate passer in NFL history. But sometimes when you get older and you think you can make that throw, mm-hmm. you can't make it like you used to. Yeah. And I, I think for years and years and years, he's, his bread and butter was making throws like that. And I think he pressed a little bit, and that hurt him. Uh, Mike Neighbors joining us here covers the Saints and, and the Bucks. Um, 
it did even though they didn't sack Breeze, they certainly caused him to to throw off balance on the first pick, the Deshaun Murphy bunting. Do you think that pressure did affect him in, in any way? Even though they didn't a get a sack, bit. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I just think there's so many things about this game because I live in Tampa and you know cover the Saints. I saw every conceivable prediction. Uh, you know, did a lot of shows. You know, you and I talked twice last week. Yeah. There's all kinds of matchups, and it's funny how a lot of the things that we predicted didn't happen. I mean, who would have predicted Michael Thomas doesn't have one catch? Mm. You know, Antonio Brown wasn't a factor. I know injuries were part of it, but I think pressure, yeah, it obviously affected him yeah. uh, late in the game. But conversely, it looked early in that game. The biggest matchup I thought was the Saints' defensive line against the Bucks' offensive line, yeah. and then the pressure was on Brady early. But they made adjustments, and that changed. And I thought really that was the key of the game. But the biggest thing was the interceptions and the turnovers that. That changed the focus of the game, no doubt. Well, I think uh, we said this last last week. I, I talked all week about the Bucks' defensive backs, how how poor they have, they had played lately, and yeah. and that they had to step up in this game because I knew Bowles was going to come after Drew Brees. They were going to play a lot of man, and I thought that you know coming up and playing that press man and not allowing him to pick you apart in the zones and and not just daring him to go over your head. I thought that's how the Bucks had to play, but I didn't know if their defensive backs would stand up and they did. And I think you got to tip your cap to the all the defensive backs and Devin White as well. Um that was I think the difference in the game. They played way better than I think anybody thought they could. And what a contrast that was. Yes. Compared to the last time they played, they yeah. definitely made adjustments and they saw some things. It was a weird game, though, JP, because I thought early on, you know, not scoring touchdowns when they got the return yes. and they got the good field position would hurt them. But frankly, that didn't hurt them as much as the turnovers. If they don't turn over the ball, I think they win that game despite not playing well in the red zone. But yeah, the defense uh, for the Bucks was so much better than the last time they played, and you knew it would be. I mean, you knew they'd make adjustments. That's what this game's all about. And the fact that. You know, the offensive line had better protection for Brady. I mean, the Bucks did a lot of things right that they didn't do the last time they met. And I just think it all came down to turnovers, though. I think Breeze pressed a little bit. But the Winfield play was the, the key one. Because if, if the Bucks fall behind by two scores, I think the Saints defense starts to step it up and they win that game. But that fumble... Not that you can tell because the crowds aren't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. There was something in that building that changed when that fumble happened. Yeah, uh, You saw the energy from the Saints on both sides. The defensive energy wasn't there. And then Breeze, to me, started pressing a little more, started feeling that the clock's ticking. i got to make some plays. And you know what? That's when this team is at its worst, when Drew Breeze feels like he has to do everything. Yeah. Because, frankly, in the last four years, when they made the playoff runs, the defense has been great. He's had a lot of weapons. He's gotten older. He hasn't had to be the guy that he was in 09 and 10 and 11. But when he feels like he's got to do everything, that's never good for this football team. I also, Mike Davis joining us here, covers the uh, the Bucks and the Saints. I also thought a huge key in this game was the Bucks running the football. I, I think they decided, look, we're more physical than them up front. We're not going to play into their hands and go seven step drop every play. We're going to yeah. stick to the run. And they and they it was 127 yards, which isn't a huge total, but it was you know third and one, uh, the quarterback sneaks, the third and twos, you know the first downs where they were getting six and seven yards a pop. I thought that would really change the dynamic of the game and made the Saints chase the game a little bit. 
Yeah, how much has Leonard Fournette helped himself the oh, last couple of weeks? Big money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look at Taylor Heineken with the Redskins, he helped yeah. himself, and then Fournette kind of the same ilk, you know, the last couple of weeks. You know, I'll say this, you know, I think you're absolutely on the money with, with the game plan and what the Bucks did on the ground, but then the Saints tried to kind of mock that because yeah. they had a couple drives where Kamara, and that's all they had in the backfield because Taysom Hill wasn't there and Latavius Murray, yeah. but they ran the football five straight times. I mean, they were trying to really establish the run because that's another thing with this offense. Everybody thinks Breeze passing the ball all the time is the mm-hmm. key, but no, it's when he has balance, and it's actually when his overall numbers are down is when the offense is at its best. But yeah, I agree. The one-two punch at Jones and Fournette were, were lethal, and, and they just they just took time off the clock, kept the Saints on the sideline and continue drives. You know, Mike, um, I thought after the game was a, a moment and an image that will stay for me forever, and I guarantee you caught this as well. When he was running off the field and just before he went into the tunnel, he paused and looked back over his left shoulder at the, at the, yeah. just at the dome, and I just said, man, that was – that was kind of a really incredible moment. Did you ask Drew about that? What, what, what did after the game? What was his his sense? Well, that moment, and I'm sure you saw this. The fact that he spent over two hours with his wife and his yeah. sons throwing the football around the field. Those two moments, you know, if you want to get sad, I mean, I've heard people in New Orleans media wise say. The, the, the feeling here is like losing a, a member of your family. Well, yeah. I've lost members of my family. That is a, that's a little exaggeration, but yeah. I understand the metaphor that he has been a part of their family. I mean, think about it. When you're eight years old, when Drew Brees started in New Orleans, now you're 22. He's been a part of your life yeah. that whole time, and that is so rare in the NFL. And I talked to Brees about it, and you know what? It was a shame, and he didn't really – I knew he wanted to go there, but he didn't is that, you know, he really would have enjoyed his last game being in front of a packed house in the Superdome, win or lose. And I think that went through his mind with that look at the end. And then, you know, he told me he's not going to show all his cards. He's definitely, this is definitely his last game. But, you know, I was asking about his sons and how much that meant to him because I know he wanted to play long enough where his sons would remember him and have memories of him as an NFL quarterback. But he said, you know, with COVID, they haven't had a chance to go on the field after a game because they do that after every game. So he wanted to make sure they had that opportunity. But it was more than that, JP. He wanted to make sure they were out there on the field for his last game and to remember that, too, along with the time they were with Dad when he broke the all-time yardage record in the NFL and all the other records and all the other championships. So, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that Brady threw his son a a pass, that was great. And then Brady told his son, and then he told his son, he said, "Be nice to your to your sister." (laughs) That was great. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, it was uh, it was a bittersweet day, but you know, I give Breeze. Breeze is just one of those guys, and he's really changed in terms of savoring things the last four years because he knows that he knew that the end was near, and he's relished it. And he didn't want to admit it after the game, but by that look and by having his sons out there for over two hours, and and I've had people that I know within the organization. Who know, and they have known, and and I thought, frankly, it might be after last year, but he knew this team was good enough to make one more run. But yeah, that look was—you uh, just wish it could have been in front of more than three thousand people in the Superdome. 
Yeah, that is that is a shame. And hopefully he'll be back when they retire his jersey and hopefully they'll have yeah. a packed house then and they can enjoy that. And uh, and this game, you know, frankly, will be long forgotten in terms of, of what he did in this game. And the numbers that will stand the test of time are his career numbers for a guy, you know, that, that came out of Purdue, very lightly recruited uh, out of high school, a six-foot quarterback, not a great athlete. I mean, is there an, is there a guy that got more out of every ounce of their ability yeah. than Drew Brees? I, I I can't think of him off the top of my head. Well, he told me a long time ago that when he first got in the NFL, JP, his goal, he just wanted to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And then he thought, you know, it would be great to lead a team to a playoffs. And then he thought it would be great to be a Pro Bowl player. He never thought he'd play 20 years, no. be a future Hall of Famer, be considered uh, you know one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. So, yeah, I mean, all that will settle in later, but the competitor this guy is, what has made him great, this is a tough day for him. It's a tough yeah. game because I, I really think you can make a case that's the worst game he ever played. Well, and the bottom line is, Mike, you know, very few go out on their terms. You know, Elway, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, Peyton Manning, you know the list is very, very small. I mean, I you know I, I still remember Derek Brooks limping down the field trying to chase a, a Raiders, yeah. you know, a running back. You know, and it's like that's what you know. And that, but that's not what you remember about their their career. I'm not going to remember this game from Drew Brees. I'm going to remember him, you know, as a Super Bowl champion and uh, and maybe a hard luck guy. You know, a hard luck guy. I mean, the Saints. You've covered this team for the last three or four years. They easily could have won two more Super Bowls. Easily, right? Oh. oh. Oh, I mean, uh, the hardest one to me was the no call, even though they had a chance after that play. But, yeah, I mean, it was just such a blatant bad call. Yeah. And you knew that even if they didn't get a touchdown, they'd run out the clock and kick the field goal and win that game. Now, certain things could happen. I mean, the kick yeah. could have been blocked, but it was one of those gimme kicks. And I was in the end zone in Minnesota when the Minnesota Miracle, oh. Stephon Diggs, if I hadn't moved to my right, he would have ran me right over. And we were getting ready to do a postgame show. And you've done those. You know how it is. I mean, you have in your mind, boy, this is going to be a fun show, great interviews and everything. And then in a split second, it all changes. It yeah. goes from one of the best wins, because Brees played great in that game, let yeah. him back, had a deep ball to Camara, And then all of a sudden you have a play like that. It's just unbelievable what's happened to this football team. But I'll say this, to go on the rides that we've had, the playoff rides, and, and to see all the records, and, and you can make a case that Sean Payton and Drew Brees have put together the best offense in NFL history. They broke all the greatest show on turf records. And I know it's new age NFL, but in my experiences with this football team, I you know, you get older, you appreciate things more, yeah. and you have gratitude. You kind of accentuate the positive. And, you know, a lot of people have called me today, and they said, man, it must be a tough day for you. I, I really – I really look back at the positives more than the, than the negatives oh, no in doubt. terms of my experience. So, yeah, and I know there'll be a lot of Bucks fans like, "What are you talking about, Drew Brees?" Because he deserves it, <laughs> and, and don't worry about it. We'll, we'll have plenty of talk of Tom Brady and the Bucks. So you know that's plenty of. But I definitely want to get right. your perspective since you've been so close to Drew for so long and done a great job. And we really appreciate your time, especially over the last couple of weeks, my friend. Um, but um, we'll we'll certainly chat down the line. Safe safe travels back. Anytime. And I will say this, you know, for people who say that about Breeze, uh, I think all of this further accentuates how great Brady is, too. You know, oh, it's, it's, unbelie- it's unbelievable because, I mean, Breeze's career is what it is. But the fact that Brady's doing what he's doing, that's enjoy insane. the Ride Bucks fans. That's enjoy it. Enjoy that's every insane. second. Thanks, partner. Appreciate it. The great Mike Neighbors. All right, man. And, um, in, case, in case you didn't know how important it is to have a franchise quarterback. I mean, for all the bluster and, and X's and O's that we talk about through the years, man, 
You know, look at who's left. And the, <laughs> look at who's left. Brady, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and this other dude that's probably going to win the, the MVP, Rodgers. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it's just – you hate to say it. It's, it. The football is so much more than a quarterback, but maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it's just not. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, kind of dive into that. Bruce Arians met the media today. We'll hear more about Vita Vea going to play this week. Wow, okay. That's a big get back, literally and figuratively. Quick break. Stay with us. <laughs> 